One measure of leadership is the caliber of people who choose to follow you. Dennis A. Peer, Management Consultant. What is the language of leadership? It is the skills, traits, lessons learned, communications, and inspirations of leaders. The Language of Leadership podcast will help you develop the successful tools renowned leaders have discovered and have used effectively, sharing with you how to be the leader you desire to be and the leader your team will desire to follow. Now, here is your host, Chuck Marting. On this week's episode of The Language of Leadership, we interview Kevin Davis. As an expert with over 25 years of experience treating patients, 15 of which were as the owner of his own clinic, Kevin Davis is intimately familiar with the challenges facing an aging population. His commitment to continuous education and his deep personal interest in genetics, as well as natural medicine, are a wellspring of proven methodologies that Kevin prescribes for disease prevention and anti-aging treatment and intervention. Earnestly seeking to serve as Jesus served, Kevin volunteers as a deacon in his church and as a basketball coach within his community. When not working or serving others, he and his wife Dina enjoy family time with their three married children and four grandchildren in their home in Hinman, Kentucky. And now, our interview with Kevin Davis. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Language of Leadership. I'm your host, Chuck Martin, and today we have our guest, Um, Dr. Kevin Davis. Kevin and I have known each other for a little bit, being in Masterminds, and um, he's a good friend of mine. And I was really looking forward to having the time to bring him on because he has a lot of unique insights as to things that leaders um, should be taking into account. And we're going to talk about that. But before we get going, I'd like to have Kevin uh, introduce himself. So Kevin, thanks for being here. Hey, Chuck, I appreciate it. Uh, one thing is I'm a physician assistant, uh, not a doctor, so just let the audience know. A lot of people still dress me that, but I always have to kind of clarify that. But it is an honor to be on here with you. Uh, like you said, we've known each other for you know several years in different masterminds, so uh, it is an honor. Well, thank you. Can you give us a little bit of your background and, and what it is that uh, your focus is on at this time with uh, your book and, and the things that you're doing right now? Sure. Uh, I'm a physician assistant. I've uh, been one since 1994. Uh, currently do family practice. So, you know, I see kids from anywhere from two months old to 90 years old. So I see the whole gamut. So there's uh, a lot of things I see each and every day. And, uh, you know, as far as my practices, I still see people every day in a clinic. Uh, but one of the things that's kind of like changed for me in probably the last seven or eight years is, you know, how I approach um someone who has a specific complaint, whether that be lack of energy, not feeling well, not sleeping, anything like that. So uh, over the last seven, eight years, I've kind of changed my approach a little bit. Instead of like, you know, when we're in school, uh, a lot of times we are just taught, okay, here's a problem, here's a pill, or here's a test, or there's, you know, things like that. So, you know, I'm 53 now, and you know, when you're when you're in your 20s, you hear these 40 or 50 year olds complaining about stuff and you think, ah, just, you know, your labs are okay, you're fine, don't worry about it. But when you start to be 40 or 50 and you have these same complaints and you do your labs and your your labs are normal, but you still have these problems, you know, lack of energy, lack of strength, whatever it may be, then you start, you know, your 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 radar starts changing, you think, okay, there's something else. 
you know, there's something else that's causing it. This pill's not helping. I don't want to take these pills. You know, there's, you know, side effects to every pills. I still use prescribed medicine. So it's not like I don't, I'm anti-medicine, do it every day. But, but when you start having these symptoms yourself, you start to think, okay, there's something else. Uh, there's something else that's causing these issues. And that's why I start taking a deeper dive into, uh, okay, w- what's, what's the root cause of these problems? And so now, whether, you know, you're my client in my clinic or you're an online uh, uh, client, you know, I try to figure out what is the root cause of the situation. Uh, what is, you know, whatever complaint that you have, whether it be weight loss or, you know, sleeping like we talked about, you know, what's causing it? So my approach has been a little bit different as far as like, you know, here's a pill, here's a supplement, whatever it may be, even though we still use those, you know, I'm more of like, okay, let's uncover the root cause of the situation. And if we can, you know, take care of that, then, you know, possibly we don't have to worry about, you know, the pills or past or, you know, those type of things. So that that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's why I I've kind of wrote that book, uh, you know, Young and Strong at 40 and Beyond is, is just to see, okay, these are the potential problems uh, that can, are causes that's causing your problems now. Uh, if we can address those, uh, not only can we help you feel better now, uh, you're going to be in a much better place when you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s because your body's not had to deal with these chronic issues for, you know, decades. You know, one of the things that you were talking about with, with your age, you're the same age as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot of the same things that you're saying, but dude, you are a coach. You are a, a physician assistant. You're a podcast host. Uh, you're in masterminds. You have got all kinds of things going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, that is one of the things that I have found is that if people are not active, that contributes a lot to what's going on into their health as well. Oh, you definitely. see that with what you're, what you're doing? Yeah. You know, a lot of people, like I said, I'm 53 now. And uh, there's a lot of people that want to know, how can I do all these things? Um, you know, it, and it's, it's just the, the whole approach to your body. And, you know, in our, in, in the approach that I have is, you know, I cover diet, exercise, uh, sleep and prayer. And you have to have those four pillars of health to be where you want to be at. So if you're not addressing those, you can't live the life uh, and be productive like you want to be. Um, you know, um, the thing that I try to get people to understand is like, uh, you know, I'm committed to exercise. It's not like, do I exercise? I exercise every day. You know, it's not a question. And right now, I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in my life. Uh, when I was 40 years old, I couldn't do a pull-up. I couldn't do a pull-up when I was in high school. I was one of those kids who just like, you know, saw these kids doing pull-ups. And I thought, man, I can never do a pull-up. So 10 years ago, I started making a lot of changes in my life. Uh, and they're not just it's not just exercise. It's, it's everything that contributes to that. But now, you know, I can, I can do 20, 30 pull-ups at a time. And, you know, that's, that's the hope that I try to give people is, you know, no matter where you're at in your journey, you know, next year you can be better off than you are right now, but you have to, you have to figure out what the problem is for you specifically. Now there's some stuff we can talk about generically. Everybody needs to do, but everybody has a a specific type of exercise, a specific diet that they need to be on uh, to fit their body at this time. So, you know, people look at me and I'm in the clinic and they say, well, I wish I could be fit like you. Well, you can. 
you know, it's just, it's you do the same things, same type of things that I do. You can do those things. It's not like I have these great genetics that all of a sudden, you know, um, I can do all these things. Just like I said, I couldn't do a pull-up. So if I had great genetics, you know, I'd be physically strong when I was in my teenagers and, you know, I wouldn't have those issues. But no, I, my genes aren't like that. It's just you, you, your genes are not like, it's not like your destiny. Your genes are there. Your lifestyle figures out what your, your genes or your body's going to do with your genes. So just because you have somebody and you're, you got family history, you're more, you know, uh, prevalent to have maybe diabetes. Doesn't mean you're going to have diabetes, but if you eat the same kind of diet as your parents did and they have diabetes, then you probably will have diabetes. I have people that, you know, that have the same genetics. One sibling, you can look at them. Uh, they're on they're on medications. You know, they're doing finger sticks, they're doing all these things. Another sibling is not. So you have to understand that, you know, what you do every day is going to take you in the direction you're trying to go. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot um, with leadership when I go in there is um, the mindset. You have a lot of people that are in high stress jobs or they're feeling the stress of being a leader. And so they let certain things go. One of them is their health. The other is their physical activity. Um, and you all hear the, the same thing. And I'm sure that you hear it all the time in your practice where people say, you know, I just don't have time. I'm going in 50 million different directions. And I ended up having a conversation with somebody just the other day where they were talking about that. And I said, well, it's not a priority for you. And I said, if it is, you will find the time. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as I have no time. If it's important to you, you're going to find the time. So with people being in leadership, you being a leader yourself, how do we help leaders get over that mindset of, you know, this is just the way it is. I'm a leader. Uh, I'm expected to all, do all these things, to be in all these meetings, to do all the things that I have on my plate. How do we get them past that mindset of, yes, you have all that to do, but you still have this over here. And if you don't concentrate it on it, you're not going to be here for very long. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I, I get that a lot. Uh, the people that I serve are usually the entrepreneurs, professionals who busy lifestyle because I can relate. Um, so I'm, I'm saying, but you mentioned the different things that I do, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't, I only have 24 hours a day, just like you do. So everybody's that way, but you know, with, with the uh, leaderships, you know, it's, it's doing the hard things, you know, you have to do the hard things as far as to get where you want to go. And, um, I don't know if you're a Dave Ramsey fan, uh, I partially am from most of his stuff. But one of the things he always talks about, and people can relate to this, is, you know, your budget, uh, your money, you don't get a pass just because you have whatever expenses that you have. You only have so much money. And, and that's the way your budget is. You know, you, you only you only have what you have. I, I try to get people to understand with their health, no matter how busy they are, they can justify it to now to, uh, to the moon and back. Mm -hmm. But your health is your health. You don't get a pass. If you are not taking care of yourself, your body doesn't say, oh, well, you know, Chuck, you, you, you've been busy. Uh, we'll go ahead and heal all these chronic problems that you had just because, you know, you're busy. It doesn't give you a pass with that. So you have to understand is no matter what you think, your body is responding to what you're doing to it. Uh, 
And one of the things that, that I think that is important is, you know, we everybody talks about this is what's your goals? W- what do you want? You know, I have grandkids. I got five grandkids, number six on the way. And I want to be able, you know, when I'm in my mid 60s to 70s to take them to the beach, to ride dikes, to do things like that. I want to be active doing those type of things. So for me, one of the things that drives me to get up and do the things that I need to do every day is because I know, because I see this in my clinic, is people who don't take care of themselves when they get to be in their 50s and 60s and even 70s, you know, they can't do the things that they want to do physically. They're too tired. They don't have enough strength. They don't have enough stability. You know, they can't do those things. So you have to find something that is important for you to get to where you want to go. And uh, one of the things that I've come across with, especially with the New Year's, this is in February when we're recording this, you know, all these New Year's resolutions are coming. Everybody made a whole page of them. Well, now it's, you know, in February, they're probably not keeping them. So instead of making a big list as far as all the things you want to do, I think the most one of the more important things to do is what's the minimum you're going to do. So what I mean by that is like, okay, you say you want to work out. You want to do a physical activity and you say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week for an hour and work out, you know, uh, my back one day, biceps one day, chest one day and whatever it may be. So you have all these plans. You can work out. You never worked out. You never done anything. But here you are committing yourself to five hours a week, one hour a day to go work out. Well, a lot of times that's really hard to keep. So one of the things I try to get my clients to do is what's the minimum you're going to do? And if some clients, their minimum is doing one push up a day. That's all they're committed to do. That's who they become. I They become somebody who exercises by doing one push up a day. Now, obviously, if they're doing one push up a day while they're down there, they may be two, three, they may be doing 10 of them. But if you're committing to yourself, and you say, I am a person who is going to exercise. And if all that exercise is just one exercise, one push up a day, over time, that's going to that's going to build. I kind of took that from James Clear's Atomic Habits, doing 1% better every day. You have to develop the habits to get to you want to go where you want to go. And if your goal is to be healthy, to be able to enjoy your kids, your grandkids. And with us, you know, we're talking about professionals. You know, you've worked your tail off for 20 years. You want to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But if you don't take care of yourself in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, when you get to be in your 60s, you're not going to feel like doing those things. So I think the the important thing is, you know, have some long-term goals. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And then, you know, how are you going to get there? What's What's some baby steps incrementally that you can do each and every day to get to you where you want to go. I always, people, I tell them about my lifestyle, my daily habits. Well, I didn't start that way, you know, 13 years ago. When I was 40, I started, you know, by just doing these small things. And then I've kind of built on them, built on them. And now, like I said, for me, you know, exercise is not a question of, am I going to exercise? It's like, what am I going to do today? So my mindset has changed because I become a different person and to become a different person, you have to make those small steps to get to where you, where you want to go. And, and, you know, use an example of exercise and maybe just saying, okay, I'm going to do one push up a day. That's, I'm, I'm committing myself. This is who I am. 
what do you say to these people that they think that they have to have a gym membership to go and work out and do all these things? Because we all know at the beginning of the year, like what you were mm -hmm. talking about, gym memberships skyrocket. Oh, yeah. And then now it's February and those people aren't going yep. right back to what they were doing before. I mean, oh. you can do home workouts. Uh, we have an app for our clients that has, you know, uh, do you do dumbbells? Do you have bands? Do you have no equipment at all? And we're able to breach whatever it is you can do. So you don't have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars. You can do a great exercise at home and and get the get the results that you want to get. You know, you can go spend ten dollars on an exercise band. And and just if you do ever decide to get an exercise band, don't be like me. I thought, hey, I'm strong. I can do these exercise bands. And if anybody's ever done these, they'll know what I'm talking about. I got this big thick exercise band thinking okay, I can do all this. I've not used it one time. I had to go down to the real, like to the second smallest one to get to the workouts I want to go. They are really hard to do. So you can do it. You just sometimes you have to have, you have to do some research. You have to figure out what it is. Hire somebody like you or something like that to help you guide where you want to go. But, you know, you can do it at home. You know, you can do it in your hotel room. And that's what I like about the exercise bands. If you learn exercise uh, using bands and let's say you travel somewhere. You don't have to have an excuse. You can take the exercise bands, put them in your suitcase. They don't take up much space. And, and in 15 minutes, I can give you a workout that you're going to have to sit down afterwards because you're going to be so tired from just 15 minutes of a workout. So there, there's really no excuse for it. Um, I built my own gym at my house uh, during COVID because that's just what I like. And my kids like to work out as well, too. But you don't have to do all that. You can just have a band or you can just do body weights. Uh, you know, just, just body weight exercises that can get you where, where you want to go. Well, not only that, but I, you know, the thing is, is what you brought up just a little while ago, you don't have to have all this equipment. And I think that's what a lot of people think that they have to do in order to mm -hmm. do it. And maybe you do need it. I mean, that's, that's something that each one of us has to make that decision, but you know, like we were just talking about people buy it and then they're not going to use it. And, you know, I, I start looking at Craigslist in March and you can find all kinds <laughs> of stuff on there that you can, <laughs> that's a good idea for, really. for for real cheap. Um, but even traveling, like what you just mentioned, Kevin, I think that's an important thing too. Cause I think sometimes, and I've been in that situation where I've had an excuse while well, I'm on the road, I'm going to be doing stuff. I'm not going to have time. I force myself now to have my shorts and my, my workout stuff in my bag. And that's one of the first things I, I look at when I go and make reservations somewhere. Do you have a gym? Mm -hmm. Oh, I do the same thing. And and then I, I make my, before I go to bed, go downstairs and work out, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I don't have time in the morning. Okay. Well, I got time at night, mm -hmm. you know, sleep is overrated. Maybe you'll argue with me about that. I will in a minute about that. But you know, the other <laughs> thing that I do kind of piggyback on that is when I go somewhere, uh, you know, usually uh, I like working out twice. I mean, that's just me. Everybody's different. Don't have to yeah. do it. But with me personally, like the, what I try to do is when I go uh, to a city I'm not familiar with, I, I search nearest gym to whatever hotel i'm trying to stay at and I, I find their hours and i already know this is where i'm going you know saturday morning uh this is the gym i'm gonna go to because i see what equipment they have and you know that's just what, who i am so that's what i'm talking about and if you were to talk to me you know 20 years ago when i was 33 right i didn't do all these things probably mm -hmm. the one thing i looked at uh, when, if we were going somewhere is where we're going to go eat you know that was my main concern now it's like okay what kind of gym does the uh, hotel have? If they don't have what I need, what's the nearest gym? Yeah. So, you know, it just becomes who you are. 
Exactly. And again, it doesn't take, you can't do this like uh, New Year's resolutions and make that 180 degree turn. You really, it's really hard to do that. Some people can, but most people can't. It's just like, you know, just start small. Start at your house. Commit yourself doing one push up a day. That's all you need to do. Just commit to one push up a day and then you build from there. So one of the other things that just came to mind that you hit on a little bit was um, your nutrition, what you're eating. Okay, mm -hmm. man, it is so easy to just go through a drive through, grab mm -hmm. something or you order something from Uber and have it brought to the office or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I find that uh, most of the time, if I do that, I'm eating like garbage. Yeah. You know, I feel like it afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's a lot of people that don't feel that they, again, have the time to research that or do that. So what do you suggest to people that are busy leaders that have teams that they're managing and everything else that may not get that traditional lunch hour or whatever, what can they do to kind of keep themselves on track or at least be able to have the nutrition that they need to sustain what they're doing? Well, one thing is um, cooking at home is probably the best thing you can do cooking at home because you know what you're getting. You know, we can talk about processed oils and what they do to your bodies, you do to your cell level for your energy and things like that. But if you're cooking at home, you know exactly what you're eating, how it's prepared. So, you know, for me, again, I think being a leader is being an example. Um, you know, I have people that go to, uh, I'm in a grocery store, me and my wife are a grocery store, and this really happens, honest truth. I go to the grocery store and I'm pushing a cart. I have people, my clients, my patients stop me and actually physically move stuff out of my grocery cart to see what am I eating or, you know, what are we buying at the grocery store? Now, some people think, well, that's terrible. I wouldn't want anybody doing that. I look at it as positive because it keeps me accountable. I think it's a great thing. When I go to the grocery store, I know people are watching. When I eat at lunch and I'm talking to my staff and my staff doesn't do everything that, you know, that I would want them to do as far as health wise. But as a leader, and you can be this leader in your, in your business, is as a leader, they're watching what you do. If you say, I'm going to be a healthy person, but then you go eat pizza every day, you know, your staff is going to have a, there's a disconnect there. So the best thing I think you can do, and, 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 and you know, it's cost effective as well, too, is cook at home and take leftovers. Yeah. Probably, you know, 70% of my meals at my at work are leftovers. Because I bring them the night before. Uh, I did a YouTube video, actually a YouTube short this past weekend. I just thought a spur of the moment. Just, you know, I was grilling. I had I had chicken on there, steak, and hamburgers. And my whole grill was filled with all that. And what I was doing is I was prepping for this week. That thing got like 1,500 views in like in two hours. And I thought, my goodness, I just didn't even mean to You're do this. something. <laughs> I'm onto something here. But I, that's something that we do. We, we, we have, we have uh, food in our refrigerator usually. Now, we're not perfect like everybody else. Sometimes we, we, we go off track, but we have food and we prep. So the main thing I think as a leader can do, if they want to lead people in the right direction, you know, because your, your, your health of your staff is important too, because if they're missing days because they're sick or whatever, don't feel good, you know, it's going to affect their work. But if you want to be a leader at your work, prep your food, take it. And then what that shows is a couple of things. One is health is a priority and you understand health is a priority no matter what business that you're in. 
And two, you're taking the time to show them, okay, this is what I do. So I take, you know, I got some Tupperware containers and, and you know, I think I had like five hamburgers and T-bone and, a, and some chicken. I had it in Tupperwares that I brought to work. And then as the, as the day goes on at work, this is what I eat. If I'm hungry, I'll just heat some up in a microwave and there I go. Now, it's a lot easier just to order out. It's a lot easier to do those things because if you're not taking the time to prepare. Now, I understand a lot of people are thinking, well, I just don't have time. You've mentioned that before. People mention that to me all the time. I don't have time. It took me on Sunday, I think it took me like 20 minutes to grill enough food for three days. That's all it took. And I had it all ready to go. So, you know, you can have the time. It's just, what are you, what are you doing with it? You know, I could have took that time and uh, scrolled social media. I could have done some other things. It's just, you know, like you talked about earlier, what are you going to prioritize? What are you going to do? So I think the main thing I think is what people can do is one, prepare and cook at home. Now, I understand just like you, just like me, there's times where uh, that, that we didn't have the food to prepare or something came up or, you know, whatever it may be. So you just have to look for healthy alternatives. And uh, some of the things that you can do with that is you can go, like if we go to Wendy's or something like that, we're in, we're in a hurt or something like that, you know, we'll get a double hamburger and not eat the bun. Yeah. And get a side salad. And you so, can you know, order them that way too without the bun. Yeah, you can, you can do those things. Um, and if you just get used to doing those, then, you know, it's a lot easier to, to continue because it eliminates the decision-making. It's funny you say that because I went to a hockey game. Hmm? You know me and hockey. I went to a hockey mm-hmm. game and I've been trying to watch what I'm doing. And I ordered a double burger with no bun, lettuce, onion, tomato. Hmm? And when I was doing that, there was a couple other guys that were standing there and they go, you can order it that way? Yeah. So a lot of times people think, well, I just have to take what they're giving me. Mm-hmm. Not realizing they can actually ask. Mm-hmm. And I get this. And, and a lot of times they'll accommodate you because they have other people that are trying to watch what they're doing too. So mm-hmm. you can make it semi-healthy um, and, and still meet your goals. Yeah. And none of us are 100%. I mean, I don't, if, if you watch me, you know, all week, there's times where, you know, I didn't do exactly what I'm supposed to do. But, you know, if you can shoot for 90% of the time you're doing well, and those other ten percent of times, that's a lifestyle you could probably maintain. Well, and that's and that's a good question, Kevin. Do you think that that's one of the reasons why people start diets and then they don't keep them is because they feel that they're not deprived, deprived things mm-hmm. like that, instead of looking at it as a lifestyle and saying, okay, these are the things I need to eliminate. These are the things that are good. These are the things mm-hmm. that I can have. Do you think that's yeah, a major factor in that? I think so. You know, let's just take an example of someone who's diabetic. If I catch somebody in my clinic, and I've actually had a client one time that I had this as well, is uh, we, we caught diabetes at the very beginning. So diabetes doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, it's usually a, a few years process. You become more insulin resistant, then your sugars go up, and we can explain what diabetes is, but probably people don't care about that. But if you can catch something sooner, mm-hmm. then you can you have more leeway. Compared with somebody who comes to me at 55, they've been diabetic for 20 years. Their sugars are running 300. Well, I, okay, we got to be more strict here. You know, there's there's a lot more that we have to do 
we don't have that, you know, leeway to cheat on it every, I don't hate to use the word cheat too, but, you know, go off of your plan, you know, for, for an extended amount of time, because you already have, you know, years of this chronic disease affecting your body. So if we can, if, if we can kind of get people at the beginnings of these uh, changes in your body, we can identify them through lab work or whatever it may be, then, you know, we can do a whole lot more as far as being able to help those. So it just really depends on where you're at in your journey. Now, even if you're 55 and let's say that you, you really, you know, you really need to get really strict to begin with. Once we heal your body, then you can start being, you know, have those times where you can have uh, some leeway in your choices. But it, it really depends on where you're at in your journey. And everybody's different with that. And that's why even when we prescribe certain diets for people, you know, it's not necessarily like I see somebody today and they're on this diet and they're going to be on this diet for the next 30 years. No, we need to use this diet during this season of your life. Let your body heal up. And then we can see what we can do later on and, and accommodate you as far as the, the things that you really want to have in your in your uh, lifestyle. Young and Strong at 40 and Beyond, book that you um, have written. I have my copy. And you, you have it uh, broke down into your four pillars that you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, probably have you uh, just how you came up with that here in just a minute. But I like how you have the book laid out. You started with your four pillars explaining that challenges and then optimizations mm -hmm. so can you talk a little bit about your book and um what people can expect when they read that yeah uh it's kind of laid out just how you, how you said uh the, the four pillars is exercise sleep diet and prayer and it's kind of like if you have a chair you have to have four sturdy legs so if you have three sturdy legs but the fourth one say would be sleep because you mentioned that earlier as far as like robbing from your sleep so if, if that one's not working, it's amazing what's happening in your body at nighttime when your body's trying to heal itself. And if you're stealing from that, you're not being able to heal yourself or you're not able to optimize your health as, as best as you, as you could. Because it's dealing with hormones, it's dealing with your body's repairing itself. So there's a lot of things that's happening during uh, at nighttime. So the first thing is you have to have these four pillars of health. Because one of the things that led me to write this book was it gets confusing as far as like, what should I do? You know, if you go on the internet, you can search for whatever. And, and there's different opinions everywhere. And they're probably somewhere in the middle of every every one of these. You know, if you have opposing views, somewhere's in the middle. But it really depends on your specific situation. So what I try to do is kind of boil it down to how can I make this simple? If people can nail, the, you know, generally these four areas, 80% they're going to be able to get to the results they want to get to. If you're doing, if you're dialing in on these type of things, and there's more specific things for more specific conditions. But if you have problems and you're not feeling the way you should, let's say you have a lack of energy. Well, go to these four. Are you doing these four things? And before you start taking a boatload of supplements or you start doing all these other things, if you're not sleeping well, then you're not going to feel well the next day. If you're eating a diet that's uh, loaded in sugar and processed foods and things like that, and you're not feeling well, well, I mean, you got to correct that first before you do anything else. 
Now, you know, I help people correct those type of things, but those are my four pillars. Those are the four basic things I think you have to get right and you have to address pretty much for any kind of like issues that you have. And then talking about the optimization and the problems we try to, I, I, you know, I'm like everybody else, I'm busy. So I kind of made the book where, okay, if you're having problems with diabetes, then you don't need to read all the other chapters. I wrote a chapter for diabetes. This is what you need to do. So you yeah. can go directly to that chapter and figure out these are the things that you want to do. So the first thing is like when we're addressing those conditions, it's right. We're kind of putting out the fire. You need to do these things for if you have diabetes or if you have high blood pressure, no matter what it is. And the next step, and it's kind of like what my journey showed, is you put out these fires. You know, you take care of the problems right now. And then the next step is, okay, I, I put these fires out, but how can I optimize my health? How can I not even like not just, you know, stay where I'm at, but how can I actually get better? So if you can optimize your health, then you can make these small steps to get to where you want to go. You know, one thing that I never thought of, again, going back to myself, uh, 20 years ago, I never thought I'd have a sauna in my bedroom. Mm. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had a sauna in my bedroom. But my progression over time has led me from one step to another step. And I'm just getting deeper in my health, getting deeper in my health. And then once you start figuring out the benefits of a sauna, you know, this is after I've corrected my diet. This is after I've corrected my sleep and my exercise, my prayer. I've stayed away from sugar, processed foods. You know, I, it, it led up to this. What's my next step in my health journey? Well, one of the things that I included with my next step is to get a sauna because there's so many benefits from it. But again, I don't expect people to go from listening to this to go buy a sauna. That's not my, that's not my point is, is, but you, you can make these progressions. And as you get older, again, like I said, I think I'm in better health than I was, you know, 13 years ago, my progressions have made me to get to where I'm at. And, you know, I'm always looking for health hacks and different things to optimize my health. So that's kind of like where the book comes from. It's like identifying the core problems, putting out the fires and how can you optimize your health? Yeah, my my son's a physical trainer, and he's doing those cold baths or the cold plunges. Oh, I, I do those. Oh man, dude, I can do the sun. I don't think I could do the other. But if you figure out what oof. what that what that does, yeah, you know, if you it's amazing. Just like if you have lack of energy, and again, yeah. it all goes down to your cell level. Your cells, you got billions of these cells in your body, and then within each cell, you've got hundreds of thousands of what they call mitochondria. Yeah. Mitochondria produces your energy. That produces ATP. If you go back to your biology, if you remember from high school, you know, there's something called ATP. But one of the things that cold showers do is it not only increases your mitochondria function to where you're having more ATP, it increases the number of mitochondria. So, again, there's a lot of things you can do and incorporate into your lifestyle to address certain issues that you may be having. And again, it's hard to do all these things at one time. I think, I don't know, I've never done it, but I'm sure if you Googled, you know, how to have more energy, um, I don't know if in cold baths will come up in May, but, you know, now you know kind of like why the reason behind. And that's one of the things that, that I think that I, I try to do. I think I do a good job. I try to do is when I have somebody in my, as a client is if I tell them these things, so your audience may be listening now like you and say, there's no way I could do a cold bath. Now they may be thinking, hmm, I, I need to have more energy. It's going to increase my mitochondria. It's going to increase my ATP. So maybe I'll, I'll try this. 
and incorporate it into my lifestyle. So I'll start off in the shower with the cold water first. I, yeah, all you have to do <laughs> build your is, way up. Yeah, uh, I don't have a cold bath. I use yeah. a shower. So yeah. at the end of my shower, I'll turn it on for 30, 60 seconds, the cold shower hits the back of my neck. And, you know, it, it, it helps your mitochondria, but it also helps this. You talked about mindset earlier. Yeah. That, that's where it comes into. It's a mindset issue. Yeah. I know you could sit there and do that cold shower. It may be hard, may be uncomfortable, but you can do it. And if you do those things, you do the hard things. Mm-hmm. Again, we go talk about being leadership. If you do the hard things, then you can talk about doing the hard things and being an example to the people that you're leading. And that's just one of the things. It, it becomes a mindset issue. You know, it's not a question of like when you get down to your shower, are you going to turn cold? No, you're going to cold. You know what's coming. <laughs> I, I, it's still it's still cold now when I first when I first started years ago. Yeah, and I still do. Yeah. So that just becomes a mindset. You know, that's just one of the things I think as leaders, you know, we have to overcome. And is is you know doing the hard things with it. And you know when we're talking about here, probably most of the people are talking about leaders in your in your businesses and things. More importantly, is are you leading your family? In my opinion, are you leading your family? Your business is going to go away. You know, you're going to sell, retire, whatever it may be at some point. But your family is going to be there. And it's going to be a generation. What, what kind of legacy? So for me, you know, doing these type of things, you know, we don't sit around and talk to my kids about cold showers. They know I do them, but they, I don't sit and talk. But they know these are the things that dad does. Yeah. Dad does the hard things. You know, dad does these things. And, you know, um, if you have sons, son-in-laws, even daughters, but if you have a, you know, what kind of leader are they going to be? Are they going to do the hard things? Yeah. So that goes back to the mindset issue is just one push up a day. Can you do that? Can you do a cold shower for 30 seconds? So, so far I've, I've, I've asked you to commit 45 seconds to me every morning. That's all I'm asking is 45 seconds. That's where we're going to start. So if you can do those things, then later on you can build on to those things. And when you start doing those things, it's amazing how things change. It's That's like, you know, Oh yeah, you talk about like Dave Ramsey and all the all the stuff. You get out of debt, you do all these things. Everything else just seems to be getting better. You know, your relationships get better. You know, you're not you know talking about you know Dave Ramsey was the thing. You don't have that financial burden. Your relationship with your wife or your you know your spouse or your kids or something is better because you don't yeah. have that stress. And you know, stress going back to your health. If you can control that stress. Then, then you're going to be able to uh, function at a higher level. And then there's so many things that cause stress that we can go down the rabbit hole if you ever want to. But, you know, those are the things that I, I incorporate with the health as far as like being leaders of your business or being more productive. Well, Kevin, you've given us a lot to think about. And I truly do love your book. Um, I was there in the mastermind when you were going through your journey and, and putting it mm-hmm. together and we talked a few times about some of the things that you were doing. So it's amazing to me to be able to see people when they set those goals and they're able to achieve them and they're able to realize them. That's, that's all part of why this podcast is here because I believe that um, leaders need that motivation that continue guidance and direction so they can mm-hmm. become the leaders that they want to be. My commitment is I'm going to buy, um, I'm going to give away mm-hmm. five of your books and um, what I want, if there's, Anyone that wants a copy of this book uh, to be considered for this, just to uh, either email me or, or uh, 
or text me that um, how this book's going to change your life and why you want it, and I'll send it to you. So we'll do that. That's awful nice. I appreciate that. Well, I want to thank you for being here on the show today. And um, before we go, one of the things that I like to do in in uh, in talking to people is one, I want to acknowledge you and let you know how much I appreciate what it is that you do and how you're making a difference. I've been able to see you uh, do many things that have made me stand in awe that uh, a man that is same age as I am, just as busy, if not busier, um, but he has his priorities in line. And uh, I know how much your family means to you um, and to be able to see you show that uh, even to your staff and to those around you, there's no question that your family is your number one priority and then mm-hmm. priorities are after that, the things that we talked about today. So I want to acknowledge you for that and thank you for that. I appreciate it. The other thing that I'd want to do is I reading to me is how you continue your your growth and, and your knowledge and your journey in this life. And if you and I were to sit down at lunch and, and we're talking, what is the one book you tell me, Chuck, you got to read this book because it's going to change your life. It's going to give you the insights and the things and the tools that you need to continue your journey as a leader. What book would that be? Well, I, I think especially as, as a leader, I think the book Who Not How that's really transformed me is uh, because I, I get I'm at the point now where if, if I don't know how to do something, you know, we're all busy. Just like you said, instead of me trying to figure it out, you know, go to go on Google and search for things. You know, I could probably figure things out, but my time is not well spent. And I think as a leader, that's figuring out is who to put in, in the right seat and, and to help them get to you, uh, help you get to your goals. So that book has really kind of like transformed me as far as not just in my business, but like I had a garden, you know, in COVID, we wanted to plant a garden. I don't know anything about gardening. So instead of me going on YouTube and trying to figure out what the soil is, what kind of like fertilizer and all that kind of stuff, I hired a guy who's been doing gardens for years and years and had him come up and just show me what to do. And it it just simple things like that. And then I think of my coaching the same way. You can go on Google and you can search for a lot of stuff, but having somebody help guide you is where you need to go. Um, I am not a tech person, so I've I'm, I've concluded I'm not figuring out the tech. I'm going to find somebody who can do it, do it much better. Not only can do it, but do it better than me, and yeah. and let them do it. So I think with the um, with the leaders that you talk about is reading that book and 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 really figuring out where's your genius zone. What do you do? What do you have to do for your business? You do those things and the rest of the stuff, let somebody else do. Awesome. Well, Kevin, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? We're going to have all your information in the show notes and stuff. Is there one way that's a preferred way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, yeah. I, want I, to I dive I, deeper with you. Yeah. My website is uh, kevindavishealth.com. I have a YouTube and uh, um, channel just like that. And my podcast is, uh, more pillars of health, but all that's on my website. So if you just go to kevindavis.health.com, you can get all the information that you need. And there's a place on there to fill out a form. Of course, if you want to uh, connect with me, uh, we can have a conversation, Um, you know, it's just to see if we're a good fit as far as coaching. And, uh, you know, there's links on my books and different things like that too. So that's probably the best place to look at. Awesome. Well, Kevin, again, thank you for being on the show. Look forward to having you on in future episodes of the show. And uh, 
All the best, my friend. Okay, man. Anytime. You just let me know. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Language of Leadership. This podcast is dedicated to help you navigate your leadership journey. You will learn the language and skills you need to be the leader you want to be. Remember, the language of leadership is an art. It is why your team wants to follow you. Take care.